Thanks for joining me on this Cleveland Baseball Morning. The final from Progressive Field in Cleveland. It's the Oakland Athletics 6, the Cleveland Indians 3. I'm Davey Ferris, lifelong Cleveland baseball fan, and I want to talk about the actual game on the field, the thing I enjoy, watching baseball being played. And this one, this one was kind of a pitcher's duel. I mean, the Indians kind of were gifted some runs in the first inning. And then the two starters, Cal Quantrill for the Indians, and Frankie Montas for the Oakland Athletics really locked in and kind of dominated. I mean, nobody really does anything offensively until the seventh inning. So let's get into it. Let's get into the storylines of these games. I mean, these starters were battling back and forth. Montas's line, six innings pitched, two hits, two runs, only one earned, three walks, and six strikeouts. Only four hard hit balls. On 103 pitches. Meanwhile, on the other side for us, Cal Quantrill, also six innings pitched, only three hits, two earned runs, three walks, and five strikeouts on 93 pitches. Only one hard hit ball the entire day off of Cal Quantrill. That is pretty spectacular. And Quantrill has really, really been pitching well lately. he has absolutely locked in. And he said post-game, I uh, gave a nice little interview post-game, and said that there has been a difference after transitioning from the bullpen. He said it is hard to um, you know, come out of that bullpen, have a pitch limit, you know, be limited to 60 pitches. He's like, you can't really do much with 60 pitches. You're uh you're kind of you're either going to go three innings and then be out of there, or you're going to get hit around. And now he feels so much more in control, being able to know he's going to throw a hundred pitches, being able to know that he's going to have control of the game when he not have full control when he comes out of the game. But if he can pitch well, he knows he can take himself deep into games. So he says there's a big difference mentally. Um, with that knowledge, and it shows in the splits. I mean, post All Star break, pre All Star break, he was one and two with a four two three ERA and a one point three eight WHIP. Post All Star game, Quantrill is two and zero with a one two five ERA and six starts with a zero point nine seven WHIP. That is really, really fantastic, and the um. The strikeouts per nine have definitely increased. I mean, in 36 innings post-All-Star break, he's got 33 strikeouts. In 61 innings, 61 and two-thirds innings pre-All-Star break, he only had 43 strikeouts. So the strikeout numbers are definitely starting to come up for Cal Quantrill. Um, What else has been the difference for him on the season? Um, going over to fan graphs here because we get some good breakdowns in the game log. Um, he's definitely, since that start against uh, Kansas City, he's added some real positive win probability added to his appearances. Um, up until this season, uh, he, had, he had thrown some negative numbers in there, um, thrown some low, low decimal numbers in there. It's been all positive numbers since uh, that start in Oakland after the All-Star break, even going back to the Kansas City start, he wasn't the positive as far as win probability added. But it's really been, he's been averaging 
right around 0.2 win probability added, uh, which is good, which I mean, which is good for a starter. Um, so yeah, so he's been adding some real positive value. The pitch type has been pretty consistent all season. Uh, he's throwing that fastball, which they consider the sinker or the four seamer on fan graphs, all, all wrapped up in the fastball. He's averaged 55.3% fastballs on the season. In his last starts, it's been very consistent. Uh, Oakland, he was up at the first start against Oakland. He was up at 67. That was sort of an outlier. Everything else since has been in the 50s, including 57% last night. Uh, the slider, he's averaged 25.8% of sliders, and that has also been really consistent all season. He was down a little bit on the changeups last night. He had been averaging 14.1% changeups. He only threw it 6.5% of the time last night. And, you know, the same thing the last time he faced Oakland. So clearly something in the scouting report told him not to throw the changeup as much against Oakland. Uh, the pitch value of those pitches, the fastball has really increased in value in his last two starts. I mean, before this, his highest value, his you know weighted value on that fastball, runs above average for that fastball, had been 1.1 in a start against Baltimore. Now, in his last two starts against Detroit and Oakland, against Detroit, it was up at 2.6 weighted value on the fastball. And against Oakland, it was up at 2.4. So that fastball has really been, and the sinker, have really been more effective in those last two starts for him. Uh, so yeah, so his next most valuable pitch would be the slider. He's averaged 2.8 on that on the season. And then the changeup, he's averaged 2.0 uh, value on that on the season. Actually, I believe that is a cumulative. I believe that is a cumulative runs above average on that pitch. Last thing we could look at is the plate discipline numbers. And uh, his chase rates and all that, his contact rates have stayed pretty consistent all season. I have noticed a little bit of an uptick in first pitch strikes, especially in his last three starts. Uh, he's been above 70% first pitch strike in his last three starts, really attacking. And his swinging strikes are back over 10% in his last two starts. He had been averaging about 9.1% swinging strike on the season, 18.4 against the Tigers, and 11.8 swinging strikes against Oakland last night. So he's increasing his first pitch strikes, he's attacking the strike zone more, and he's getting more swinging strikes recently. So that has, you know, that's been the difference. That's what's been improving, what's been increasing for Cal Quantrill. And he really does a great job of this game. I mean, he is credited for those two home runs, but those are inherited runs that Brian Shaw let score. Now, it was runners on first and second when Shaw comes into the game, but Quantrill really did not personally allow a run in this game. You know, throws up six scoreless innings to start this game. So a really fantastic job by Cal Quantrill starting. Now, how the runs scored in this game, the other storyline kind of in this game is, you know, how the runs actually scored. Uh, Cleveland, man, they were really lucked out. It was a bizarre first inning. Bradley Zimmer starts with a really hard single to left field, 109.8 mile per hour exit velocity single into left field. Ahmed Rosario would strike out. Bradley Zimmer would be stealing on the pitch. Steal second successfully. Then the throw goes into center field. He would go all the way to third. 
but they call interference on Ahmed Rosario because his backswing hit uh, the catcher for Oakland, former Indians, Jan Gomes, and then he kind of fell into him too. So it was a pretty ugly uh, play there. Gomes gets his interference called, and Bradley Zimmer has to come all the way back to first. Then Jose Ramirez would walk, which would move him up to second. Then Fermil Reyes hit a ball very similar to what happened the day before, where it was kind of a floater to a middle infielder, and both runners have to hold. They have to go back to the bag. It looks like it's going to be caught for a lineout, but it one-hops the infielder. This time, it is uh, Jed Lowry playing second base, steps on second, and this time he throws the first. La- uh, two nights ago, they threw the third and tagged that runner out. This time, he tries to throw across his body, throws off the wrong foot, ends up throwing it in the dirt. Olsen can't scoop it out. So the run comes in to score. It ends up in the foot- photography bay. And the run comes in to score, and Fermil Reyes ends up on second. So again, they just totally gift the Indians a run there. I mean, in a very bizarre inning where Bradley Zimmer is trying to get around this base paths and finally does on a weird error. Uh, and then Harold Ramirez delivers two days in a row. Harold Ramirez delivers a RBI single up the middle to score a run in the first inning. That is huge. Um, Harold Ramirez, I'm shocked how few RBIs he actually has on the season. Um, he's up to 31 RBIs now on the season. Just He's been hitting fifth and sixth so much on this team. You feel like he'd be up around 50, 60 RBIs. You know, if he finishes the season with 75 RBIs or something like that, it'd be a successful season. But be around 31 RBIs. Just feels really low for a guy who's been hitting in the middle of the lineup the entire season. But 110.3 mile per hour single up the middle gets a run across this time. And then he's caught stealing second and pulls up lame. Uh, says it was knee tightness. Maybe that's what they're reporting, right knee tightness. So something we're going to have to see more of, like, you know, did he strain a ligament in that knee? It's it's very easy to do, um, but it looked bad. Just he kind of gave up on his steal attempt of second base. So uh, we, we actually lose two players in this one. We lose Sandlin to shoulder tightness. So two Indians players go down on this one. Will they need IL stints? I don't like shoulder tightness for a pitcher. That doesn't sound good. Uh, and, you know, the knee thing, you hope that a hot tub, maybe some ice, maybe some stretching can kind of work that out. Uh, maybe some KT tape or something like that. But, uh, yeah, for a pitcher, shoulder tightness does not sound good. And Sandlin is someone who was pitching very well on this season. Unfortunately, uh, you know, the, I don't know if the shoulder tightness is part of the reason you know, part of the effect, but he gave up some runs here and ends up taking the loss in this one. So, I mean, that would really be most of the Indians' damage, uh, you know, for most of the game. Montas would really lock in from that point forward. And both Montas and Quantrill were getting strikeouts wherever they wanted. And that's what kind of leads me to believe that they were both just really locked in and dominating this game. Montas is getting strikeouts all over. He's going up with sliders to Bradley Zimmer. That was a called strike. He drops it on the outside corner. Uh, Austin Hedges blows him away with a high 97 mile per fastball. Uh, gets Jose Ramirez on a called on a 
called strike up a good six inches off the plate. Woof, on a slider. Uh, gets Austin Hedges swinging over a splitter. Austin Hedges is pretty easy to strike out, let's be honest. Gets Ahmed Rosario on a splitter in that first inning. And then gets Ahmed Rosario to chase a slider down and away. Um, so, yeah. So, Montas was really throwing wherever he wanted to throw for those six strikeouts. Meanwhile, Quantrill was doing the same thing. I mean, he blew away Mitch Moreland on a four-seam fastball that was high, but down the middle. Uh, drops a curveball on the uh, left edge, on the outside edge as Jed Lowry swings through. Uh, throws a sinker way away that Elvis Andrews swings through. Um, throws a slider down, buries it, that he gets uh, Seth Brown to swing over on an 0-2 count. Really dominated him in that at-bat. I believe that's the at-bat against Seth Brown where he goes high, high, and then drops that slider down for strike three. So Quantrill going all over the place for his strikeouts too. Then the bullpen comes in. And Brian Shaw gets hit around. He gets a fielder's choice, which would uh, bring in the first run um, from third. It was a situation where runners were on the corner, and it was just they were in the shift. Ahmed Rosario had nowhere to go with it but the first, so they give up the first run. But that's all right. Two-to-one game, you, get, you sacrificed a run. They were clearly set up defensively to sacrifice a run, hopefully turn a double play. They can't get it there. And then... He would give up a single on a pitch. You know, that's not terrible. It's uh, it's towards the outside edge. And Chapman, he's able to reach out there and shoot it back up the middle. And it brings in that run from second. So Shaw ends up tying the game. Sandlin comes in. And to be honest, Sandlin really could not get a ball over the strike zone. I mean, on how many pitches did he throw here? For eight pitches, he was only able to get two into the strike zone. Everything else was way inside to these right-handed hitters. So he throws a slider to Elvis Andrews that breaks right across the middle of the plate, up at the letters. And Elvis Andrews, of course, of course it's Andrews, homers out to left field, puts it over the 19-foot wall, only his third home run on the season. And, uh, yeah, it's a pitch that Sandlin basically gift refs for him, right? Just puts it right down the pipe, somewhere up that he could really reach. And then uh, the only other pitch he threw for a strike uh, was a sinker to Starling Marte uh, to start the at-bat for a called strike. So he really had a hard time getting his pitches into the zone. Clearly, I mean, clearly the shoulder is affecting that, right? If he can't, we're used to Sandlin whipping those sliders across the zone, uh, pounding the outside edge of the plate, uh, and he can't get anything across. In, he can't even get anything. He can only get two pitches into the strike zone, let alone get them across the strike zone. So that's clearly affecting him. Trevor Steffen comes in, and the first batter he faced, he ends up throwing a slider right down the pipe to Jed Lowry. They threw up the stat. Jed Lowry against Cleveland is just hitting ridiculous from like the seventh inning on. He just keeps coming up with huge RBI hits late in games. And, I mean, you could not gift wrap a slider more perfectly down the middle than this one to Jed Lowry. He ends up only hitting it, or he ends up, the pitch speed was 83.2. He ends up hitting it exit velocity 103.8, 
launch angle 38 degrees. It's a big home run. I mean, basically just put this game away. Oakland's bullpen has been so good against us. It didn't feel like we really had a chance. We were able to scratch back with a run in the uh, seventh inning. We had actually taken the lead in the bottom of the seventh. Uh, Miles Straw had walked, and then Oscar Mercado delivers a double, and Straw uses his speed flying around the bases, scores from first. Uh, So we had actually just taken the lead in the seventh inning before Sandling gives up the home run to tie it, and then Trevor Steffen gives up the home run to blow it out of the water. So once again, their bullpen does a fantastic job. Sergio Romo comes in. We literally cannot do anything against Sergio Romo. That guy just absolutely dominates us. An inning pitch, two strikeouts for him, a clean inning for him on 10 pitches, really goes to work against us. And then uh, Trevino comes in for the ninth, uh, does give up a hit, but is able to shut things down and gets Oscar Mercado to pop out to end the game. So a real rough game again for the Indians offense. Only four hits on the day. And the first time we faced Oakland, we were very competitive. This time, and my buddy texted me, he was like, well, I guess this is why they're in the playoff hunt and we're not anymore. And that's exactly right. I mean, this team, Oakland is two back in the division. They're leading the wild card, right? They got the lead, the home field advantage in the wild card right now. Uh, That's the difference. They know how to finish games. We're not. We don't know how to finish games. We don't know how to keep our offense consistent night after night. They do. Um, So, yeah, so it is really, really rough for the Indians right now. And they waste a really great pitching performance from Cal Quantrill. So, yeah, that's all my thoughts on this one. Uh, It's a tough night for the Indians who were delayed 55 minutes by terrible weather in Cleveland. They finally get the game in, and it just... I love seeing Quantrill pitch good. I mean, I you you go back, you go back to those spring training episodes. You, I'll be honest, I did not have a lot of confidence in Cal Quantrill um, going forward. I just didn't think he would get to this level, and he really has. He's really developed as a starter. Uh, I love that the strikeouts are going up. I love that the swing and miss is going up. Um, from him because up until this point, he'd really been using that sinker for just weak contact. And uh, the fact that he's using the four-seam fastball more, going over to the breakdown um, so we can really get over on baseball savant so we can really see the difference. He actually threw the slider the most 29 times, the sinker 28 times, and the four-seam fastball 25 times. So really mixing through those pitches. And when he did use the changeup and the curveball, six times and five times respectively, it was effective, effective to a 67% CSW on the change and 80% CSW on the curve. So it was effective at getting them strikes when he did pull them out. And that's perfectly fine. If you want to save them as these quick, you know, as this easy tool to get a quick strike at any point during the game and just save them for that, that's fine. Uh, But yeah, really, uh, you know, trying to use the slider, getting a lot of swing and miss on the slider. On 15 swings, seven whiffs on that slider. That's fantastic. Um, The sinker inducing weak contact averaged 70.5 mile per hour exit velocity on that sinker, even though it was only a 21% CSW. So great job by Cal Quantrill last night. Clearly MVP for the day. Absolutely clearly MVP for the day from Cal. And frankly, our best starter right now. 
Savali is on his way back. They said he pitched a bullpen session on the mound at Progressive Field, not even in the bullpen. They got him out there on the mound. And um, he should be going out on some rehab starts, it sounds like. It sounds like he could be back uh, by the end of August. Uh, No word on Bieber, though. So Bieber really might be done for the season. At this point, it's kind of okay, right? If we're not in it, why rush it back? Do everything you have to do to be healthy for the 2022 season and come back as our ace in leading this staff for the 2022 season. A staff that is definitely going to include Cal Quantrill. Unless he absolutely falls apart in these last two months, he is really trending to be a solid starter, you know, a solid piece in this rotation coming into next season. So good job by him. Bad job by the offense. Bad job by this offense. Four hits on the day. All right. Thanks for joining me on this Cleveland baseball morning. Boy, it really seems like you, you morning people really don't like losing. Uh, I, I can tell that the listens are down. When we get into these little losing streaks, the listens are down. And then when we finally win a few, uh, the listens perk back up. So I get it. These these games are tough. Um, all right, the final again from last night, it's the A6, the Indians 3. It's a day game today, so let's see if we can salvage one here. Although, who knows what the weather in Cleveland is going to be doing. Crazy storms have been rolling in all week. We'll be back tomorrow to talk about that game if they get it in. You can follow me on Twitter at Davey Barris. You can email the show at clevelandbaseballmornings at gmail.com. Let me know your thoughts on the game, and we'll discuss them on the show. Also, I'm hosting this podcast on Anchor, so if you go to anchor.fm forward slash Cleveland Baseball Mornings, you can leave a voicemail for the show. We'll play them back on the air, respond to your thoughts, and we'll have a fun conversation amongst the fans about baseball. So thanks again for joining me on this Cleveland Baseball Morning. Baseball Morning.